Hey guys, Shane with Now That I'm Older. Check out Rogue Intel Prime with Duff and Chris. Anything goes in this podcast of infinite possibilities. The gang are sure to entertain with their take on the latest news, commentary, and review of, well, whatever the hell they feel like. Check out Rogue Intel Prime on RogueIntel.com. Powerful, 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 powerful nerdcast! Ho! That's right, my friends. Welcome to the next episode of the Powerful Nerdcast. I am Corey, and joined with me, as always, is my good friend Christian. Corey, are you uh, slut shaming? You just screamed the word "ho." That's I very- did. <laughs> I am not okay with slut shaming, Corey, and I, I think you should try that intro again with ladies. Oh, that changes every <laughs> single episode of Thundercats at this point. They, they start it with Let's a already take an, an awkward show and make it more freaking awkward. Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking to our friends over at Now That I'm Older and uh, another podcast on uh, the Rogue Intel Network that we're also a part of, and they say that uh thundercats does not hold up if you watch it again it doesn't it doesn't it falls <laughs> no. all apart it's got like <laughs> the greatest fucking 1980s anime styled intro that you've ever seen which has some of the most slickest guitar riffs i've ever heard uh-huh. the actual show itself does not hold up at freaking all it's no it's pretty clunky damn awful. the animation's kind of bad you know it's as bad as dragon ball super episode five you know four. it's actually better <laughs> Than Dragon Ball Super Episode 5. Luckily, Episode 6 was much better. Yeah, it was. It was a lot better. I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's get on it. We got a few things. One is viewer questions. And this is uh, not a very well-known fan that asked this. This Packers fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke, <laughs> Packers fan. You comment on everything, and we love it. Thank you, man. Uh, by the way, guys, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you going to do a Q&A, and will you have anyone from the YouTube anime community on your show? The YTAC. The YTAC. Uh, like Sawyer7. Uh, I don't recognize these other guys. Anime, oh, anime Central, Central, Sawyer7, Uzumaki Khan, etc. I need to see him. Yeah, okay. Well, do we want to have... Oh, and there also was another question. When can we expect to see some gaming on Twitch? Okay, right. the Twitch thing... Let's just address the Twitch thing. The Twitch thing happened. We wanted to do it really bad. And then I wrecked one of my drones, which is like a $3,000 drone. And that sort of set us back financially a little bit. And someone did donate $5. And I thank you. But that just doesn't, it's a drop in the bucket for 3000 which we're trying to get that back up. But uh, honestly, it's been a good month for me. Maybe we'll get another computer. And to be honest, I always want another computer, especially a gaming computer. So it's definitely high on my list. So we'll work on that. We'll work on that. It's coming uh expect it this year maybe there we go there we go and uh so what about things like uh do you want to have guests on the show Corey? of course i've always wanted to have guests on the show and we even have some collaborations coming up some of which i can't really talk about quite yet um but yeah that's something that i've always wanted to have some of these other guys on the show we want some other outside opinions especially when we're talking about a lot of the new shows that are airing right now um but it's just uh, we haven't had anything officially planned quite yet but uh, we are talking to people. Yeah, the other thing is we record the show with two cameras, if you can see. And then we have an audio board that this all goes through. And I'm a little confused on how we're going to have someone like Skype in and bring that audio and video into this. So we're trying to figure out kind of like the technical things of it. We need to just sit down and practice and figure all that out. But uh, we want to do it. 
So there's no reason why we couldn't do it. We just need to figure out how it's to It's not get that these. we don't want to fly you guys out or anything. Uh, <laughs> We'd love just, to fly you know, in Sawyer 7 Mage. We just don't have the, uh, you know, the YouTube money ain't paying for those But tickets. hey, if you guys want to fly in yourself, you know, and, and cover it, you know, we'll, uh, we'll buy you lunch. We'll buy you, you know, lunch. at the, uh, the local Waffle House. <laughs> It'll be delicious, I Yeah, so you. come on down to Georgia and be part of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, if we do have any fans in Georgia, maybe you guys could send us a private message, and maybe we'll let you on the show, too. You know, we'll talk about mm-hmm. it. But consider it. Uh, talk to us. Also, we're going to be at Dragon Con at the end of the uh, – is it next month? It is, uh, I think, two weeks uh, from Saturday is when it's going to be going down. Yeah, so Dragon Con's like the biggest convention in the southeast, definitely, mm-hmm. for sure. The only thing that even comes close to it is the uh, – New York Comic Con mm-hmm. and San Francisco Comic Con or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. the, the cons in those places. Uh, but Dragon Con's better, in my opinion, because it's not so popular that you have to wait four hours in line to get into panels. You can mm-hmm. kind of just jump in an hour before a panel and enjoy it. And the people watching alone is fun. Uh, what else are we missing? Um, uh, we have a few more uh, viewer questions, of course. Uh, thank you again, Packers fan. You're a very yes. loyal viewer. You always comment on pretty much every single video. We do appreciate the questions, and we want more questions from you guys. Uh, another very loyal fan is Blue Sakuga. This is another one of our uh, Blue. classic You're my boy SKG9000 fans, and uh, he had a couple of questions, um, some of which actually, actually like awoken some old-school anime memories, and that goes to your first question, which is, have you seen any of Satoshi Kon's movies or Hiroyuki Okira's Jinro The Wolf Brigade? And I have seen Jinro The Wolf Brigade, which is probably one of the most, like, depressingly hardcore anime series I've ever seen. And a funny story about Jinro, it's one of those anime movies that, like, I watched when I was uh, getting back into uh, anime for the very first time. It was a couple years ago, just got out of high school, and I went to this... Like uh, Killzone guys. Yeah, exactly. They look just like them, except that they have a... Well, no, no, they... Yeah, they do. They look just like them. They have the gas masks and everything. (laughs) The red eyes. Yeah, to a T. And um, I went to this anime convention called Anime Week in Atlanta. It was the first year that I'd ever gone. And this was when I was like just... A-W-A. Oh, it was a monumental event. It was uh, the first time I'd ever cosplayed before. It was the first time I'd ever been to a big convention. And I came back with a big haul of freaking wall scrolls and a couple of DVDs. I picked up my very first Gundam movie, which was Char's Counterattack. And I also just picked up some other random shows and movies because I'm like, fuck it, I'm an anime fan and I want to see what else there is out there. And I kept seeing this movie called Jinro all over the place and the cover of the movie is amazing it's just this really badass looking gas masked soldier standing in front of this moon just like covered head to toe with weapons and everything I'm like oh yeah this shit's right up my alley right here so I get home next day I'm relaxing you know this is the summer before I go to college and everything so I'm like I'm just gonna chill this summer and have a good time and uh, it's Saturday night I'm gonna I'm gonna check out this movie and see what's up I pop in Jinro the Wolf Brigade DVD and it's not what I expected. Uh, I expected, like, this big, super big action fest, like, you know, Akira style, something a little more over the top. It was probably one of the most thought-provoking and atmospherically disturbing movies that I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's not bad, it just wasn't what I was expecting at the time. And yeah, I like, just remember, like, like... I found this whole film on uh, YouTube already. Yeah. You can just find the whole, whole And it's, uh, whole uh it's, it's just so heartbreakingly like realistic 
And just, it's definitely one of those movies, too, that's, like, uh, it's timeless. Like, it's the type of movie you can watch, like, right now. And, like, its message will be just as clear as it will be, like, ten years from now. Um, It has a beautiful, realistic animation style. But uh, it's not quite the movie that I was expecting. But it was still good. Um, Do I still own Jinro the Wolf Brigade? No. Um, Because it's also one of those movies that's, like, it kind of reminds me of Japanese horror films. Of course, it's an anime. That makes sense. Um, but it certainly has this, like, really heavy, just, like, atmosphere that you can't escape from. It's the type of thing that it does suck you in, but, like, by the time you're done watching it, you're like, I like that, but I don't know if I ever want to watch that again. Like, it changed me, but it's just, there's something about it. I don't know. It was, uh, definitely a hardcore experience for someone who was just sort of getting back into anime again for the first time. Um, but I did enjoy the film. Uh, if anything, it's beyond distinctive, and I think they've even tried to do like live-action versions of this. Yeah, it looks really well animated. Mm-hmm. I'm watching a scene or two of it yeah. right now, and it looks really good. Yeah, and it's basically it's it's all about this like one soldier and this like one female girl, and uh, you know I don't remember a lot of the story. I do remember that the uh, the girl I think she was like a suicide bomber. And he, like, witnessed this situation, like, him and his, like, squad went down in the sewers and they found this girl who was, like, a uh, like a radical terrorist or she was, like, uh, you know, revolting against something. And then she had this, like, bomb attached to her and she let it go off. It's a really, really visceral movie. It's unlike anything that I've ever seen before. And it's deathly serious. Like, there's not a, a shred of comedy or anything that you would see. Like, nobody's heads are getting big. There's no big Whoa. beads of sweat or anything. Nobody gets embarrassed and falls over and their feet are up in the air. It is just a hardcore movie, period. Uh, if you're into anime, check it out. You might see something you like. Um, so, yeah. it, so you're saying it has a deeper meaning? It does. No way. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> you know, anime being symbolic. No way. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question again from Blue Sakaga is: uh, Now that the band is basically back together, meaning all of Naruto anime staff members are back, do you guys think it is too late for the studio to do the final part? of the Naruto series justice. Here's a good question. Um, the last episode of uh, Naruto Shippuden was uh, Shippuden, however you want to say that. Please don't, you know. Shippuden. <laughs> You're all a bunch of sheep. Anyway, uh, the uh, thing is, do, do you think that uh, the last episode was good? Because, you know, we're... Madara and Sasuke and Naruto were fighting. Mm-hmm. It looked good, but at the same time, you're like, this is still just average animation, and this mm-hmm. is major shit, guys. Like, and everyone's like, oh, the Baruto movie took everyone. You know, that's what they were working on. It seems like that's what's been happening for the last year and a half to Naruto. But here's the thing: everyone says out. that, but is there really evidence of that? Like, like has, has the studio come out and said, hey, by the way, our best guys are doing this right now? Or is everyone just making They're an They're not assumption? making any press conferences about it, yeah. but if you look up the information, you can yeah. tell what uh, you know teams are going to be working on specific episodes. And a lot of those big teams that work on like the really expensive episodes and all them, they are directly working on the movies, and they do have to delegate a lot of these other episodes to the other animation teams, which unfortunately... Uh, just are not as good. Like, I liked the last episode of Naruto. It wasn't perfect at all. There were a lot of moments that could have been done better. Like, the, you know, I rewatched uh, a few parts of the episode just the other day. The scene where Madara, uh, spoiler alert, obviously, if you haven't seen it, uh, where Madara steals Kakashi's eye, like, it, it could have been done better. Like, it looked a little wonky in some spots. It just, you know? there's just some major moments happening yeah. here that I don't feel like are getting drawn right. Mm-hmm. Just like Dragon Ball Super Episode Five, Like, mm-hmm. they're cutting corners. It's like, Dragon Ball, 
like the Goku versus uh, Majin Vegeta fight, mm-hmm. that looked way better. Like that was old stuff too. Mm-hmm. At this point, you know, it's later in the series. But that was a badass fight too. Yeah, that's also a badass you know, fight. That's like one of the best fights of the entire Boo arc. Like that's also one that like I remember when that episode aired for the first time on Toonami. Like this is what we've been waiting for. The rematch between Goku and Vegeta. It's been building up to this moment. Yeah. I think even the name of the episode is like the ultimate rematch or like the, the battle you've been waiting for or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, like that's something that a lot of people are taking note of is uh, a lot of older animation looks better than yeah. uh, some of this new stuff that's coming out. Maybe it's because they're becoming so reliant on the computers doing most of the work for them and there's less emphasis on doing everything from hand to hand. Maybe it's just simply that these guys work their butts off constantly and they don't get paid jack shit. Is that true? It's true. Animators in Japan just don't make that much money unless they're like super high profile like you know, celebrity Miyazaki anime. styled animators. They're yeah. not really making like big dough. Even the voice actors make a, uh, they make a livable living, but like nothing extravagant, nothing too crazy. You think they would though, because they're like the only ones. Cause like you hear, uh, like just on this last episode of, mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball super episode six, I'm making the assumption. Yeah. And, uh, you get to hear, uh, Krillin and Luffy, which are the same same voice actor, it sounds like Luffy offering uh, Beerus sushi. Oh, it's it's jarring. I was watching yeah. that episode. With a, I was watching <laughs> I was like, the episode oh, with a friend Luffy. yesterday, and uh, it's much harder to notice um, back in the day. And obviously, that's because the voice actor for Krillin uh, was doing that character well before Luffy. But you know that voice actor's been doing Luffy so long now yeah. at this point that it's kind of hard to separate the two. But yeah, like when he was uh, eating the, the Takayaki balls and stuff yeah. and like offering them out, like we were watching that. Like, God, it's so Luffy. You know? Yeah. It just right sounds here. so Luffy. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was like, it's funny. You say they don't even make that. Well, Luffy's Luffy's. I'm sure actor. Luffy's voice actor does good. You know, yeah. there's a, uh, the voice actor of chopper. Who's not just the voice actor of uh, chopper, but probably uh-huh. the most popular mascot in Japan, which is freaking Pikachu. That's the same person that too. That's the same person. And Pikachu is obviously the most popular Pokemon of all time and Pokemon's just a freaking just they print money. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Here's another 150 of these bad boys. And that was another <laughs> thing too. Um, you know, and it's so embarrassing to say this. Uh, you know, Dragon Ball Super episode 5, which I still love talking about how crappy it is. Um, that fight scene with Beerus and everything like the battle scenes in fucking the Pokemon anime look better. Like, that's a problem. We have reached a new low when a battle between, like, a freaking Beedrill and a Butterfree looks (laughs) way more badass than a battle between freaking Goku and Beerus, the god of destruction. The real problem is I feel like what Dragon Ball is running into is the new modern way of making anime, which is pump it out fast. We got to keep an episode coming out every, every week. And they just cut corners to hit that production deadline. And what they need to do is just stop and release the season when it's done. And when it's done right. Uh, Toby don't animation. Don't do that. Yeah. That's not the way they play. No, they, they content is King. So, but like it it also annoys me because I think that uh, one piece, uh, you know, consistently looks a little better than dragon ball super. Uh, That's not to say there aren't some episodes of one piece that just look fucking wonky and ugly as shit. But I think in terms of consistency, you know, they have enough, you know, all the action scenes that I've seen from Dressrosa have been more impressive than what I've seen from Super. And the most impressive action scene that I've seen from Dragon Ball Super didn't even involve the main characters. It was a friggin' 
alien caveman fighting against a giant alien Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex, and then Beerus fought him. Like that's the best fight of the series so far, and that's a huge disappointment that they you know they fucked up the whole Goku thing. Luckily, they made up for it with this episode, which while short lived, that little standoff with Boo was awesome, and it was they, totally like, classic Hercule. Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just like poke him and boom, he's destroyed. But yeah. that whole like standoff they have where they're just like staring at each other, the winds blowing, everything around them is you know like just their power is causing everything to mess up. Like that was like, oh man, this feels like Dragon Ball right here. I'm totally digging this right now. Hopefully, they'll be able to capture that energy and the good thing is Beerus is already pissed off so that means like right now uh all the action is really going to start kicking the high gear the preview showed that everybody's going to be fighting against Beerus next week we're getting right into the action which good. is fantastic good because I didn't want too much bullcrap going on mm-hmm. but at the same time I like the way it's moving I like mm-hmm. the that's the thing episode five I liked their fight more in the sense of like it was more interesting to watch mm-hmm. not because of the animation but there was more to it you know, so I was like, man, that would have been great if that looked good, mm. you know, because I was like, it's more interesting than him just going Super Giant 3 right off the bat and just getting poked and killed, you know, practically. So that's a shame. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's the end of Naruto, though. Um, I still think there's. Oh, enough... yeah, we need to get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still think there's enough content in the series for them to do something really good. I mean, there's still a few twists and turns. Well, you know what they um, can do? They can just shove a whole bunch of filler in there until the good guys can get back. Well, that's what they're going to do. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, word on the street is the next couple episodes are going to be all about the characters uh having their infinite Tsukiyomi dreams like you know 1010 and killer b i'm excited about killer b you know rapping m&ms you know in eight mile it's gonna gonna get old you know i like killer b but that joke is gonna get old i can already tell at the 10 minute mark yeah not looking forward to that one who knows though um i'm gonna reserve my judgment until i see those episodes where's killer b right now is he dead um, he's just sort of hanging out in the background. I think he had his, uh, the, uh, the tailed beast was extracted from them. So he's just sort of knocked out somewhere. Oh, okay. You know, still sort of unconscious, uh, which is a shame, you know, killer bee sort of just towards the end of the series kind of s- disappears a little bit. Even though he's like definitely in the top 10 of most powerful characters. Without a doubt. I think he's definitely in the top 10 most powerful yeah. characters. Yep. But yeah, I don't think Naruto's done yet. I still think, uh, there's going to be some big surprises, especially, uh, coming closer to the end of the series. Once we get out of the filler territory and once we get to, uh, the final two battles of the series, I think that's when they're really going to show us, oh yeah, Naruto's back, bitches. I'm really, really, uh, excited for that. Here's um, this one awesome episode. <laughs> yeah. They got to give us at least a couple more. That's what I'm really hoping for. Um, but I do think that this entire arc has definitely been muddled. A lot of it has to do with the fact, too, that this is the longest arc of the series and has been going on for years. So, uh, you know, you could argue, you could try to divide this arc up into different chunks. There's, but the, I, I, there's as the far Toby as I'm part, concerned, hmm? then like the Kabuto part, mm-hmm. and now you can say this part, and then there'll be the last part. But as far as I'm concerned, the minute all the, the Shinobi started an alliance and get ready to go into the battlefield, to me, that's when the arc started. You mean when Gar and them all ran yeah. into the battlefield? Like, to me, that is, this is the start of the final arc of the series. That's it right there. And that's why it's been uh, feeling so long for a lot of people, and for me as well. Um, but uh, going back to Naruto again, uh, Blue Saka has another question. Are you guys going to start reviewing all the big Naruto episodes again? Oh, we did um, that with uh, the Pain episode. Was mm-hmm. it 167? We did Pain episode. We did Naruto versus... Uh, no, we did uh, Sasuke versus Killer B. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we did uh, a few other episodes. But uh, the thing is, we wanted to do something a little different. And uh, this is going to give us an opportunity to ask you guys personally. Because um, I've been really wanting to do a like full-on vlog series with christian where we watch a series from beginning to end and we review every single episode 
and it's really yeah. hard to choose. And Naruto obviously is one of those series that I'd like to do because I do want to talk about the old one again. And uh, we're thinking about doing that really, really soon. But one of the series that I really want to start with first is Yu Yu Hakusho because yeah. it's a series that you guys have asked us to do reviews for and make discussion videos. And uh, Christian, I know you're uh, not exactly a big fan of Yu Yu Hakusho, probably because you haven't seen too much of it. Yeah, I've only seen like the fights. I've never mm-hmm. actually. I've only seen like two of the fights, mm-hmm. like on YouTube. So, but it's it's not too long of a series. But I really would like to watch the entire series with you from beginning to end. Episode one, we'll do a whole review and then just continue from there all the way to the very end of the series every single week, five days a week. Um, but I want to do more than just like Naruto and Yu Yu Hakusho and Dragon yeah. Ball and stuff. I want to check out some of the newer shows and we want to hear suggestions from you guys about what type of shows we want to vlog. And this will give us an opportunity to talk about shows that we've never had a chance to. Like, we want to do a Gurren Logon review, but at the same time, I would love to do an entire vlog of the entire series. Because again, it's not too long. We'd be able to get through that one pretty quick, probably in about a month or so. And uh, I think that would be really awesome. And we're really big fans of the series, so we'd have a lot to say. Yeah, that and uh, I think we're going to do it kind of like quick and dirty. We're not mm-hmm. going to sit down and make it all fancy or else it would take too long. Yeah, you because know? we want to do the entire series. Obviously, certain ones are going to take much longer. Like if we do Naruto, that's going to go on for quite some time. I'm good. You know, to say the freaking <laughs> least. You know, Dragon Ball. You already did every on. episode of Naruto practically. Not, that's the thing, though. I want to do the ones we haven't done yet, which is actually a surprising amount. No, now, I'm sure. when I say Naruto 2, um, there are, like, it's not going to be the entire series. Like, you know, the first half, I'd say we stop at episode 135. I don't want to do any of the filler episodes. I want to do that ostrich one where Naruto is uh, flipping over. I'll uh, say this. Here, well, this will be the ultimate compromise. Uh, part one of the Naruto anime series, when we vlog it, we'll do episodes one through 135, which is basically everything you see in the manga with a little bit of filler sprinkled in. Um, and then when we get to Shippuden, we'll just do the whole thing. Because there are filler in them, but some of them are shorter and some of them tie into the arcs a little bit better. And that way, you'll get your freaking ninja ostrich. There we go. I want the ninja's ostrich. A whole, whole review on just the ostrich. It's just something that we're going to have to put up with. Uh, do you guys look at anime the same way that you view movies or just see anime as cartoons and nothing more? I don't, uh, I think of anime. First of all, what is anime? It is just a way to tell a story. Japanese cartoons, Japanese cartoons. They fly around. They got robot bodies and shit. (laughs) I think of anime as just another way of telling a story, you know? And, uh, uh, I don't think that that is, uh, that crazy to think that way. You know, I think that that's just, uh, the way it is. Um, I don't know. Do I look at anime the same way? Here's the thing. I think I'm more, uh, cautious about the way I talk about anime around people that don't understand it Mm -hmm. because they don't get it. But, uh, I have no problems, you know, uh, looking at something like, uh, what, what would you say? Like the Avengers and comparing it to Gurren Lagann. I think they're not the same story, obviously, Mm. but they're just as cool. They don't seem different. They're not cart part compartmentalized differently in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're just cool. How do you answer that question, Corey? I don't know. It's, it's a heavy question. Um, I, I mean, I, I t- sort of take things as they are. I mean, obviously, uh, there's certain anime series that I see in different ways. Like, you know, when I see Pokemon, like the Pokemon anime, as much as it is an anime, I do just sort of consider it a cartoon. Um, but only because I grew up with it as such as a cartoon. And also, it's one of those anime that's uh, geared towards a younger audience, and it certainly evokes more of that old-school 
sort of Looney Tunes style, you know, yes. storytelling. Yes. You know, very, very simple, easy to follow, lots of bright and colored pictures. But then again, you have uh, shows like Death Parade that come around and just completely like just blow your mind with their amazing story and its writing, you know. So uh, I, I, I don't just like lump them in. Uh, I do tend to, you know, sort of take them as they are. Um, but that's 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 a very difficult question. Um, I don't just see them all the time. Like I don't just dismiss them. Like oh, that's just a cartoon. That doesn't make it as good as say something that's in live action. In fact, I'd say most things I like I like more in animation than I do in live action. If anything, yeah, because they work. Like Kill Lock Kill would never work in real life. Never. It would look so bad. It would look so over sexualized and ridiculous, mm-hmm. and uh, it already looks over sexualized and ridiculous. <laughs> but at least with an anime, it would get pulled. It pulls it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I just uh, I don't know. Some things are. Anime is like everything else. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it uh, just is required for your tastes, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I do not just dis- dismiss it as a cartoon. And that's not to say that cartoons are bad. Cartoons are awesome. Uh, as Cartman would say from South Park, cartoons kick ass. That's right. And actually, cartoons are actually getting better in many ways. Um, yes, you know, they are. As much as we like to say that our cartoons when we were growing up were the shit, uh, compared to some of the stuff that's coming out now on Cartoon Network and stuff, like it, our cartoons were shit. Like if you <laughs> compare like Rick and Morty to Ren and Stimpy, Rick and Morty is way better. Now, to be fair, Rick and Morty is an Adult Swim show, so it's it, it is geared yeah, towards an older audience. If Ren and Stimpy was out today, it'd be on yeah. Ren's. It'd be on Adult Swim. Yeah. It should not have been on. <laughs> Rick and Morty last night was great. Uh, what was it? Was it was another new episode. It was the name of the episode was called Total Rickall. Okay. So, you know, it's already a, uh, a riff on Total Recall, which doesn't really make sense because that wasn't the premise of the episode. The entire premise of the episode is that Rick just got back from some sort of mission from space, and uh, he has this, like, alien virus which is attached to him. And what the virus does is it gets into your head, and it gets into your memories, and it creates a fake sidekick character that implants themselves into your memory like you've known them the entire time. So the episode opens up with a family eating breakfast with Uncle Stu. And Uncle Stu, they, like, think he's been there the entire time. And then Rick comes in, he's like, what? who do they think this guy is? And Rick just, like, kills Uncle Stu right there, and then he transforms into an alien. He's like, all right, guys, this is what's going on right now. We can't <laughs> let these aliens come in and implant their memories and create all these fake characters. So if you see, like, a weird sort of quirky character show up, we gotta kill them immediately. And it just... Does the dad show up then? They blast him. <laughs> the yeah. dad's like one of those characters. Mm-hmm. And then uh, throughout the entire episode, they keep having all of these ridiculous characters show up. Like, one of them is uh, Frankenstein. One of them is uh, this one dude who sleeps constantly. One of them is a velociraptor who's really good at photography. And it gets to a point where the entire house is just, like, filled to the brim with, like, a thousand characters who keep accidentally implanting memories into people. Because they'll be like, hey, don't you remember that one time we went to this baseball game? And when they do that, they immediately have the memory and a new character will show up because that's what they do to take over the planet. And I don't even want to give away how it ends because it's so freaking ridiculous. But that show just gets funnier every (laughs) fucking week, dude. That is... In my opinion, right now, the best show on Adult Swim. And that's a shame because I still love Aqua Teen. Speaking of which, next week is the final episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That is sad. I know, it's crazy. I'm still waiting for it to be a lie, though. You think <laughs> like, they're going to just be like, oh, fucking with you? I'm not really sure. You know, I haven't like read up too much on it being the final season. But like, it's totally something that they would do. 
Rick and Morty is just so cool, though. You know, I, I think it's a really good show mm-hmm. and uh, highly recommend it to anyone out yeah. there. You know, definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys watching? Uh, pr- what's this last one? <laughs> are you guys watching Prison School or Roca Brave of the Six Flowers? That's a negative. Uh, that is a <laughs> negative. Um, what is that's that? not to say that I haven't seen the first episode of either. Uh, I saw the first episode of Roca Brave as a Six Flowers, and eh, just sort of a generic RPG show. I know everybody's going to jump down my throat for that, but whatever. And then we have Prison School, which is, you know, basically, in my opinion, an excuse for fan service, but it probably has one of the more interesting premises this season. But it's also just the type of show, it's just like, eh, it's just not really for me. It's just not my type of genre. Um, you know, we've already said outright many, many times, we are definitely the action guys. We like action anime. Um, but yeah, but check out those shows if you want, but no, we have not really been following them too much. Negative. Yep. Uh, you know what we did last week, Corey? You know, we went we, on an adventure. We went on an adventure. And after, <laughs> never mind. Okay. Anyway, what we did was. What kind of an adventure are you going on <laughs> I was about to try to riff on something, but it wasn't going to work. Mm. Uh, we went down to Atlanta and we got to do an evening with Kevin Smith, a Q&A session. And it was uh, it was crazy because you're like, oh, you know, we got there like two hours early because mm-hmm. we wanted good seats. Uh, we're standing in line. They were nice enough to let us in like an hour early mm-hmm. so we didn't have to stand outside the whole time. But uh, uh, there we were like five rows away from the stage. And this is already a small room. Mm-hmm. And there's Kevin Smith. He's just talking about making movies. He's just, like everyone does it. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and then Johnny Depp was in my movie. It was awesome. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? It's crazy. And uh, you and I have just been longtime fans of Kevin Smith, I mm-hmm. think. So, and also he's a podcasting legend. If you if you do podcasting, you know about the Smodcast and mm-hmm. Fat Man Batman or whatever it's called. You know, like <laughs> all his all his shows. Uh, he's just got he's got his own network that mm-hmm. he does, and just a really successful, inspiring guy that just gets out there and makes things happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a lot of takeaways from it. One was he convinced me to watch Tusk, which I watched and I really didn't like. <laughs> Be I was, honest. I was like, ugh. That was the that butt good. of many joke that night. Was, yeah. was you know, how Someone's, shitty his movie Tusk was. <laughs> He's like, maybe someone should have talked me out of it. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp was the best part of that film. Mm-hmm. And so funny, they put him in so much makeup, it doesn't even look like Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's that other guy in it? Uh, the Sixth Sense Kid. He's in it. Uh, Haley Joel Osment? Yeah, Haley Joel Osment is in it. And I'm like, oh, shit, what happened to him? He got all fat and... <laughs> He's like not that. He cute didn't little, age well, did no, he? No, he just turned into a big fat man baby, you know. And uh, it looks like little Haley Joel Osment in like a fat suit. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like they CGI'd him really well, and uh, so that he's in there. And also, I've seen one of his movies he did recently called Sex Ed, which is on Netflix, which I highly recommend you watch it because it is so bad. And you're like, what happened, Haley Joel Osment? You had such a good career. You were in a Bruce Willis movie and you fucked it all up by getting fat and losing all your talent. And uh, I'm not saying I can do any better. I'm just dissing him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just making that assumption. <laughs> that, that very but Bruce clear. Willis doesn't always, you know, equal success. I mean, even Kevin Smith worked with Bruce Willis. Yeah. Copping it on in that, or on the, uh, the Tracy Morgan, Bruce Willis movie, the buddy cop film, yeah, which, which, you know, according to Kevin Smith, he's just like, you know, Bruce Willis was just a disenchanted, didn't want to be there kind of actor. showed up for the paycheck, you know, read yeah. his lines, walked away. I need to see the like preview for that film. Mm-hmm. I've never seen. That I remember film. seeing commercials for that all the time. Cop out or something. Yeah. What's it called? Something like uh, that. I think that is cop out. But yeah, here's the thing about Kevin Smith, man, that guy, he's like, it's a Q and a session. And Corey and I were like, Oh, we're going to ask him. Que- <clears throat> we're going to ask him questions and do everything. 
And he only got to like three questions because the yeah. damn guy you asked him a question will talk for 45 fucking minutes. He did. Like, yeah. and that's what was crazy. He would like, he would, he would ask, he'd hear the question, he'd answer it, and then he would just go into this big spiel he just for riffed. a long time. And it yeah. got to a point where like, people were like, you know, after an hour and a half and all right, put your hand down. He ain't going to get to it. Yeah. You know, I was sitting next to a guy, I swear to God, had his arm up for the like whole time. an hour and a half straight. Yeah. Wasn't using deodorant. <laughs> I was fucking right there. Uh, what are you talking about, Corey? Are you saying the average Kevin Smith fan is uh, is an in-shape jock, you know, with a lot of hot lady friends? Or are you saying it's like kind of a nerdy dude? That's <laughs> I'm just saying the dude doesn't know how to use any antiperspirant. I, I just saw a lot of our people there. That's what I'm our saying. Our people. Uh, our people. Our people. Our people. Yeah. You know, the the people you see at AWA and Dragon Con. Yeah. You know? and uh, This was like the, the cooler, the, the partier you know rowdier versions yes yes and i don't know it's cool you know it really made kevin smith seem more like a person because there he is you know hanging out he is just a person well that's the thing i definitely saw he's just a guy that's worked real hard Mm -hmm. and got lucky and uh not that he hasn't earned it yeah he's made a few good movies yeah he's made some stinkers i'd say that you know clerks is definitely one of my favorite movies of all time and uh one of those movies that honestly it's it's lame to say this. It speaks to me. It's one of those movies that like when I watch it, I'm like, I belong to this movie. Like it feels like they're talking directly to me. And a lot of that is because I know a lot of people uh, in real life that are like those characters from clerks. And just the fact that they have these random conversations in the movie about just the most asinine inane things. Like there's a whole spiel in the first clerks movie of them just talking about like, what would happen if contractors on the death star were killed? Would they be compensated with their families? Uh, you know, be compensated for what happened to them. Like, they talk about this realistic shit, which really wouldn't fly in a world like that. And that's, like, what the whole movie is, is just these little chunks of dialogue which go on for, like, 20 minutes. They don't really go anywhere, but they're, like, actual conversations that people have. No, uh, it's very interesting. And uh, that's one of the things, as soon as I got done watching Tusks, I immediately went and watched, like, Clerks 2, Mm -hmm. just to try to get that shitty taste, which wasn't that good either. (laughs) Yeah. That's. I was like, that is some interesting medication. Yeah, to well, get off of Tusk. I, I love uh, Jane Silent Bob's uh, Buffalo Bill spiels. They do <laughs> so fucked up in that movie. Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great though. God, I forgot that. He even tucked it in. Yeah, he tucked oh, it in. That one just, random scene. Yeah, you're like waiting for it too. Like they just they run outside. That they turn in there. You see him. He's right there. Yeah, oh. it was great. And then the donkey show and all that stuff. There were moments of that film that were great, but I do not think that those guys, the clerk guys, are very great actors. So having them, I just rather have James Hunt Bob be the focus of the film instead of. In many ways, yeah, I think they do work better as side characters. That's not to say I didn't like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, um, I definitely think in terms of like Kevin Smith getting a lot of like power performers behind him. That was probably his biggest movie. There were a lot of really big stars there was, in that movie. Will Ferrell was in that movie. He was the guy. He's like, I'm going to let this butt fucking Brady Bunch go. And that was like before <laughs> Will Ferrell like became really, really big. That was I mean, like right was, before he became yeah, really like, big. He was still pretty well known. He'd been on uh, Saturday Night Live for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but there were a lot of big surprises in that movie. I liked uh, George Carlin as the uh, the hitchhiker. Yeah. Who uh, tells him that the to. best way to uh, you know get a ride is to basically give someone a blowjob. <sighs> so then right after that, they get picked up by uh, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Yeah. And then they go down on her. And then, of course, Mark Hamill is in it. If only they'd have had Harrison Ford in some sort of capacity, they could have had the original crew from Star Wars. Um, but, yeah, just uh, <laughs> I remember the scene 
where uh, they see who's playing them. It was Jay and Silent Bob. I think it was Jason Biggs. Yeah. And um, James Vanderbeek. And, like, Jason Biggs went off on, like, this whole tangent about, it's like, everybody just remember- remembers me for fucking the pie. That's it. Should have never done it. Jason Vanderbeek. What has he been in? He was in the or- Dawson. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Varsity Blues. That's like the only things I ever remember. The Who's the from. Pie guy then? What was his name again? The Who? The the guy in American Pie. Uh, Jason Biggs. Yeah, Jason Biggs. He was in uh, Orange Is the New Black for really? the first season. I think a little bit of the second season. He uh, voiced Leonardo the Ninja Turtle on the Nickelodeon's uh, new Ninja Turtle show for two years before he was fired uh, because he said some uh, nasty comments on Twitter. And uh, that does not comply with uh, Nickelodeon's family-friendly uh, nature. Yeah, like Ren and He was Stimpy. swiftly replaced by uh, Seth Green of Robot Chicken fame. Really? Yeah. Of Seth Green? Seth Green's good, though. He's and a it, good dude. He is. As much as I want Seth Green to be better at the job, I think Jason Biggs did a much better Leonardo. But that's just me. But he also said racist shit on Twitter or but something. He also said some fucked up shit. What do you say? Um, uh, I'm not really 100% on that, um, but it just it wasn't nice. And it had nothing to do with Ninja Turtles or anything. It's just, you know, when you're a celebrity and you're a part of, like, uh, something that's meant for younger viewers, you have to watch what you say online because that'll get back to you and people will associate that with you. And they're like, we can't have Leonardo saying that shit. He's the leader of the group. Transform from the norm from the nuclear goop. Oh, my God, Corey. <laughs> And then hashtag Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read uh, into that. Okay, Corey. So, um, uh, what else did you get from Kevin Smith? Because that was an awesome two hours of Kevin it was Smith time. One of my favorite things about Kevin Smith. Um, one, he's a really real guy. Like he he gets to the core of like he's like, look, um, I make movies, but I also make a lot of shitty movies. I'm not as ex- <laughs> successful as people you know say. Like he was talking about like when they were making Tusk and everything. He's like, I, we were about to take out a mortgage on the house and everything. You know, he's a really humble guy, but also at the same time, he's like, but you got to do what you got to do, you know? And uh, there was that one thing he said, which is pushing the whimsy, yep. which as ridiculous as that sounds, he's like, if there's something you want to do, you've never done it before, you're really uncomfortable, go out and try it. You know, you don't have to put yourself 100% in, all in, you know, take out a mortgage and do all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, try something. Start small, and it'll start to build into something even bigger, and it's something that you can personally be proud of. And if you fail, fuck it. It's okay. That shit happens. You fail all the damn time. Look at Tusk. Look at Jersey Girl. That shit is not very good. Yeah, look at Cop Out. You know, Kevin Smith has had a very roller coaster career when it comes to movies, but at the same time, his other career in podcasting and doing these live shows has just exploded. Because he's almost like a cultural icon at mm-hmm. this point. Like, people almost don't even care about his movies in the sense of that. It's just because it's Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is funny. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Smith is entertaining. Kevin Smith is a personality people care about. He just has to show up and be Kevin Smith. Yeah. And he's successful. I see a lot of what he talks about in us, not so much as our level of success, but, you know, we showed up and we were like, this could be a cool idea if we just sat down in front of a computer and started talking about stuff and put it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then now it's grown into this. You know, and that took, uh, what, 2011 is when we started? Yeah. Yeah. So we just, and we weren't like, it needs to be a studio. We need to have big microphones. We need all that. We didn't say that. Mm -hmm. Like he said, we didn't push. We didn't go 100% all in. This is the way it has to be uh, from day one. We just one step at a time. One step at a time. Okay, how does YouTube advertising work? Okay, cool. And we got that down. Okay, how do we want our reviews to work? Okay, here we want a rating system. Good. Okay, and we just sort of like built it up to what it is now and i think a lot of people 
see our stuff and not 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 in like a jealous way but they're like oh i wish i had an audience like that mm-hmm. well i'm like bitch it takes a while okay so don't <laughs> expect that shit overnight mm-hmm. and you may never be as big as other people like we started right next to sawyer seven mage mm-hmm. we started right next to like we started months before for never yeah, like and, and, and they, they've taken off and that's big okay time. yeah and that's okay, but mm-hmm. the point is that we just show up and do what we like, and yeah. we improve it a little bit. At we a time. have our audience; we love interacting with them, yep. you know, and we and we do it because we like it. We we certainly <laughs> we certainly don't do this to make our living. If we did, I think we would have quit long ago, or we would have you know accepted that we were going to live on ramen noodles for the rest of our lives. And that ain't fucking happening. No way, sir. You know, I think even if we just ate ramen noodles, it wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> a very light ramen noodle diet. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, um, the hateful eight. The, the hateful eight. Have you taken a look at that? Yes, yet? yes, I have, and it yeah. looks amazing. And you know what's great about it? So, mm. from my understanding, is it, it's a bunch of like assassins or mercenaries all stuck in a cabin, and one of the guys, the hangman, is uh, has a girl he's going to go take to get hung, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they get stuck in a cabin. And I think it gets like snowed in. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? You got all these big name players, and they're stuck in a cabin, and you got Quentin Tarantino writing the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Great recipe for success. not wait to see. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and you got Samuel L. Jackson. You got all these awesome big players. Who were some mm-hmm. of the other actors in there? I think it was a uh, was it Kurt Russell? Yeah, Kurt Russell. There? Yeah, Kurt freaking Russell's gonna be there. Um, of course, Samuel L. Jackson, who's always a standby. The guy's name escapes me at the moment. But he was in uh, the very first scene of Pulp Fiction, uh, the guy who's at the diner with his girlfriend. He was also in, uh, what was the movie Quentin did before that? Oh, it's so hard, because he, he likes to reuse a lot of the same actors. Who was that um, guy? That He was the guy that was a cop undercover. I think he was also in uh, Reso- <coughs> Reservoir Dogs. That's the movie I'm, that's the movie I'm talking about. Yeah, he was the main guy in Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it almost feels like he's gotten the cast of Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs back together mm-hmm. in this film. And I was very sad that Christoph Waltz was not in this. Mm. I think Michael Madsen yes. is also in it from, uh, you know, he was in Reservoir Dogs and Kill yes. Bill. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, like I said, it feels very much like Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. in, in the Western setting, mm-hmm. you know. So, and Quentin Tarantino's doing the dialogue. It looks great. Of course, it was shot on film because Quentin Tarantino's a purist like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and damn, it looks cool. It does. I don't even know what else to say. It, it just looks good. Go yeah. watch the trailer. It's great, too. Um, the timing for that trailer could not have been better because, like we said, we just went and saw Kevin Smith. Yes. And uh, Kevin Smith had this like whole like story that he told all about Quentin Tarantino and them actually like hanging out and watching, uh, I believe it was, uh, Tusk for the very first time. He was watching it with uh, not just Quentin Tarantino. But I thought also, it was Red uh, State. Was it Red State? No, maybe it was Tusk. No, but it was Red State because he was mm-hmm. going to asked quentin tarantino to be in the role mm. that uh johnny depp ended up getting that's true yeah he was getting ready to film that movie and uh, he also had uh, michael parks there uh with him who uh was in tusk uh has also been in a few other quentin tarantino movies like kill bill uh, volume two and uh he was just telling this hilarious story he's like if you thought quentin was funny you know when he's sober gosh get him high and let him watch a movie <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he, and, he, and he was talking about how he's like the biggest Michael Parks fan in the world, how he like over years has collected all of this footage from like his best movies and created this like compilation video on of a him. VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah. It looked really cool. And mm-hmm. also, uh, it just seemed interesting that uh, Michael Michael Parks, uh, I haven't seen Red State yet. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things, though. I have, I've heard that, that film didn't uh, 
didn't suck a big one like Tusk. Uh, but Michael Parks, he was interesting. I'm glad that they did it. And also his story about how he got Johnny Depp in the film was awesome. He's like, yeah, our kids go to school together. And, uh, you know, I just always see him and we talk a little bit. So he's not like the actor to me. He's just a guy that's at the PTA meetings, mm -hmm. you know. And then I asked him to be in it. And then uh, I was like, he's probably going to say no. But then he's just like, well, I'm filming something for two months. But then, yeah, I'll be in it. You know, and he was just like, this is crazy. And then and then he's like, all of a sudden my phone buzzes and it says uh, uh, JP, you know, <laughs> JD or JD. Yeah, JD. And he's like, whoa, he's like, we're on a first name basis now. We're on the JD. <laughs> level, you know? And uh, so I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. And that whole story was just incredible because Kevin Smith is so relatable. You're like, oh, that that could be me. You know, in this scenario, he feels like that's what a normal person would react, yeah. you know, so I find that very interesting. Like, you want Kevin Smith to be like, oh, dude, I'm fucking Kevin Smith. Yeah. Like, I know people in the biz, but his whole story about Johnny Depp, especially that one time, he's like, all right, well, we're going to film this opening little monologue with him, and, and Johnny Depp just kills it. Yeah. Like, he destroys it just by looking at the script, like, once. As soon as he's done, Johnny Depp's like, hey, do you want me to do that again? Kevin was like, no, nah, that's great. <laughs> Let's just move on to the next one. Just I'm glad we got that. Like he yeah. was so happy just to have him involved and even more happy because, you know, originally Johnny Depp he was saying like, Should I get my agent involved or anything? He's like, No, 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 no. No, we'll just <laughs> we'll just we'll just do this on your time when you want and he was just happy to get him. Yes. And the fact that he's gonna have him return for uh all his other movies, the uh, brand new one Yoga Housers and uh, Moose Jaws. Moose Jaws. Which is going to complete his Canadian trilogy. Oh, the Great White North trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they even had the guy from Epic Mealtime yeah. in it. I think he's going to be in Moose Jaws. Yes. He's going to be like the main guy. In Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatchewan, Canada. The place yeah. no one goes in Canada. Because mm -hmm. I would know because my mom's from there. And I've, I've been there and it's boring. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, Saskatchewan fans. But British Columbia and all those other places in Canada rock so hard. At least you got poutine. You got poutine. Poutine gives me the shits, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does not agree with me i don't even know how to how to mimic that accent johnny depp did in that movie mm -mm. it's very it was so distinct and so over the top it's very interesting yeah so you know uh if you guys i think uh uh i'm saying johnny depp kevin smith is doing this tour all around the u.s so if you have any local comedy clubs look for him to come around because this is what this guy does he just mm -hmm. tours around and does these live shows and the tickets were really affordable and it wasn't bad and it was it, funny. It was insightful. Yeah. It was inspirational. We just ate food, drank beer, and hung out with Kevin Smith for two hours. Yeah. That was, was fun. That was awesome. Which just flew right by, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, we also had some Star Wars news, some new we stuff. Do. Oh, my God. We got some Star Wars <laughs> news, man. <laughs> Seems like this Star Wars hype train never freaking stops, and we're only still a couple of months away from freaking The Force Awakens. And, you know, it's not enough that we had this brand new movie coming out. We got a brand new Star Wars Battlefront game coming out, but Disney just made a massive announcement. They're going to be adding on a brand new Star Wars themed land and attraction to their Disney parks in both California and in Orlando. I have what? not been back to Universal Studios or Disney what? World since like the early 2000s. This is going to get my ass back. <laughs> oh my God. You want to ride a speeder wait. bike? 
You want to ride all that shit? You want? I want to. Like, they haven't announced much yet. They've shown, uh, like, they had this like big convention over the weekend where they showed off a lot of big Disney projects and, of course, some more uh, Star Wars stuff. Nothing too crazy, but they showed all this concept art of this giant land that they bought. Like, it's going to be huge, man. It's going to be like it's the first time that they've actually ever added on to the park as opposed to just taking an old part and reformatting it. Yeah. Like they're expanding it, making it larger, and there's going to be two main attractions that they're going to be adding. One of them is going to be this ride that apparently is going to involve the Millennium Falcon. You're going to be in the cockpit. You're actually going to be piloting it somehow. It's going to be like an interactive ride experience. That sounds fun. And you're going to be going on like this big, like giant space battle. And there's also going to be another ride which involves going through like one of the uh, the main attractions of the new movie. Like it's going to involve you being a part of uh, the Rebel Alliance or the New Order and all that and the Resistance and like going up against the new Stormtroopers. But the thing I'm most excited about is that it's not just a theme park. It's actually like an expansion on the Star Wars universe because the world that they're building is actually going to be like a new place that's never existed in the Star Wars universe, but it's connected to everything. And you, I don't know, how how often, do you ever go to Disney World? Have you ever been before? Uh, I've been to Universal a lot, and okay. I've only been to Disney World once. Okay, so like when you went to Universal, did they already have the, uh, the Islands of Adventure stuff ready, or like were they doing that yet? No. No. Okay, well, the thing about the Islands of Adventure and uh, some of the MGM stuff is not only is it like a theme park, but they try to make it seem like you're a part of that world. Okay. Like, like, you know, there's the Harry Potter part. Like, the, I went to that animal one with the big tree. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yeah, I think it's just their uh, their animal kingdom. Yeah, and they have, like, the Bugs Life uh, show and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That was a lot of fun. And like Mm -hmm. you said, they really. They they change the whole thing. They make mm-hmm. it seem like it. I always also remember the Jurassic Park thing. You know mm-hmm. where you walk through the big gates and they're mm-hmm. playing the, playing the music. Loved that dude. Yeah, like that was blowing I, I, my mind. Uh, that was the last time I went to Universal Studios. During that time, it was uh, one month before Jurassic Park three came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Jurassic Park section of Universal uh, Studios was just. They were promoting that shit They're left ramped and right. Up. Yeah, yeah, they were really excited. There was a lot of excitement in the air for Jurassic Park. And it felt like you were like in Jurassic Park. It really felt like you were part of the movie. And that's what they're going to do with this brand new Star Wars park is it's going to be set in like this giant like port and outpost station like right before you get into wild space is what they're calling it. Wild and space. And they've already hired actors and people who are going to be involved. And it's going to be like full makeup, aliens, droids, people, troopers, and every single restaurant is going to be themed. You're going to be able to actually see, like, the bands playing and everything. You're going to be able to eat all this crazy space Star Wars food and everything. It's cheesy and it's stupid, but it is the type of thing that I have got to go to within the first year of it opening. Because it's just going to be just riding on the excitement of The Force Awakens. And uh, the fact that it's in Orlando makes me even happier because that's not too far from us. And it'll give me an excuse to go check out this place again. And it's... I just cannot wait for this. Just the possibility of a Star Wars theme park is so freaking amazing. And it makes sense because there have actually been Star Wars rides before. Like, have you ever been to uh, MGM Studios? Yes. Mm-hmm. They have this other Star Wars uh, ride called Star Tours. Uh-huh. It's something that they've had for quite some time, and they've reformatted it a lot. And the last time I went on it actually was in the mid-90s when we went on vacation with my family. And uh, this was back when I was sort of a, a young Star Wars fan. And uh, that ride is basically one of those, like... Uh, I'm not sure how to classify it. It's not 3D, but it's like you you go into a ride and there's like a big screen in front of you and it feels like you're like in the whole thing. I I always remember the ride, the Back to the Future ride. It's just like that. Yeah, the Back to the Future ride, which was incredible. It was. It's like better than the movie in some ways. Mm, 
let's not go that far. Well, what I'm saying is it felt like you were part of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it wasn't just tacked on. Like, the, mm-hmm. you remember the, the dinosaur and the lava and, like, yeah. all that shit. Like, you actually was... get, like, I think, like, the dinosaur bites down on you and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. like, the, the whole build-up to just getting to the ride. Like, yes. That was just as much fun as actually going on the ride itself. And that's something that those parks do a really great job of doing is, like, making you feel like you're a part of the movie experience. And uh, that's what's just going to be so amazing about this brand new Star Wars park. And, uh, you know, it's not even just Star Wars. There's also talking about making, like, a Nintendo-themed uh, part of uh, the Universal Studios and all them. Like, just, this is going to get me back into going to theme parks again, which is something that I've avoided for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't even been to Six Flags in a long time, either. Yeah, no, it's, uh, for some reason, as you get older, there's not as much of a reason to go to theme parks anymore. But there was also some uh, information that came out, like Kylo Ren uh, information and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, aside from that, uh, you know, all the big announcements about the Star Wars theme parks and uh, even this brand new PS4 bundle that's coming out with Darth Vader on the front, which is probably how I'm going to get my PS4 at this point. Uh, There's also a lot of information released about the character Kylo Ren, the brand new villain of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Nothing too crucial, mind you, but just some really important things. First off, um, a lot of people theorize that the character of Kylo Ren was probably going to be like an obsessive like fan of Darth Vader. And that seems to be the case. That seems to be something that they're hinting at. He comes from this group which is known as the Knights of Ren. And I don't know who the hell the Knights of Ren are or who they're going to be affiliated with. Some uh, artwork has been released of what the Knights of Ren look like. And all of their helmets are very evocative of Darth Vader. Like, they have that sort of angular, yeah. slight samurai look to them. Yeah. They're all sleeked and black and everything. They're wearing complete black. Even his mask definitely is reminiscent of Darth Vader's itself. But he seems to have some sort of odd obsession with him. And this could go in line with that uh, melted Darth Vader helmet that we actually saw in the trailer for the force awakens like he could actually be collecting the different pieces of darth vader either for himself just because he's obsessed with him or he actually has something even bigger in mind with them i'm not really sure what that's going to be but i love the direction they're going because this is by far one of the most interesting like villain characters that i've seen from star wars in a long time he's not just an evil guy who's there just for the sake of evil he seems to have a really rich backstory and because he's from this group which is known as the knights of ren this has been the biggest thing that's been shaking up is that that's probably not his real name kylo ren he probably might have some sort of big relation to an already existing character within the series it's like steve smith is his real name like something boring (sighs) that's such an un star wars name is steve smith yeah he's like ah fucking oh no the dark lord steve smith i don't think there's there's only so many characters in the star wars universe who even have like normal sounding names you know I guess the closest thing would be, you know, Luke Skywalker. It's you know, kind of Luke, simple. Luke. You know, that's the normal One thing. syllable. You know, Han Solo. I mean, I don't know anybody named Han. Oh, me. Well, probably since Star Wars there have been. I'm sure there have <laughs> been, yeah. You know, uh, Leia. I've I, I met known... a girl named Leia. Really? Yeah, I've never known the, any uh, Leias. Yeah, I've, I've met a girl at uh, summer camp, actually. Hmm. Her parents named her Leia after the fucking Star Wars. Really? Yep. That's really what, oh, yep. man. And she's not nerdy at all. She was actually, like, the hottest chick at camp. And everyone's like, oh, and she's like, I'm not really into Star Wars. And we're like, uh, uh, fuck. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it was very funny. L- Lando Calrissian. Oh, yeah. I know like five black dudes named that. <laughs> Lando. <laughs> no. If I ever have a son, I'm going to name him Lando. Lando. That's right. Sounds like a basketball player's name. Lando! Whoosh. 
Way downtown. I like that though. Um, but yeah, Star Wars names have always been known for being pretty weird. Um, but I can't wait to learn a little bit more about this. Just more information is constantly trickling out about Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Disney is getting prepared yeah. for their big release uh, coming in September. Is when they're going to release the very first batch of merchandise for the movie. So every single nerd and their mom is going to be at Toys R Us at midnight. I'm sad though because man, so many secrets about the movie are going to come out before the movie comes out, and I'm sad about that because I feel like they've done such a good job not releasing anything but as soon as like the toys and the uh uh things come out like so much information about the movie is going to be known before mm-hmm. it starts and i'm kind of sad about that How do in you many feel- ways yeah like they're uh, like i said uh, just coming up september 4th i believe is when they're already going to go ahead and start releasing uh, merchandise for the movie um the good thing is a lot of that merchandise um outside of just what you see on the outside and like what the actual figures and stuff look like like uh you look at the back of the packaging it doesn't give away too much like about what's really going on with these characters, what they're really trying to do. And uh, that's either because A, uh, they didn't want to spoil anything for the movie, or B, they just didn't think about it. But I, I want to go more for uh, you know the first part because Disney's really being smart with their marketing for this movie. They're not giving it away. They're not. you know, Despite the fact that we are getting this information, like the Knights of Ren and all this stuff about Kylo and everything, like we still don't really know what's going on in this movie. Like I really couldn't tell you what the plot of this movie is yet. I really don't know. I just know that it... Features some classic Star Wars characters and some new characters in a brand new setting. That's about it. Um, so I'm not too worried about it being spoiled. Um, the only thing that might be kind of spoilerish is maybe when that brand new PS4 comes out. Um, the Battlefront game. It's, it's mostly focusing on old Star Wars, but there's going to be a mission that's going to be involved with the new stuff. Um, but they haven't revealed too much about that. You know what they should do? They should have a whole bunch of missions from the new stuff, but it doesn't come out. And as it comes out as free, mm-hmm. downloadable content after the movie comes out. You know, that sounds good free. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, we got uh, a new five mission pack for $30. You're like, bitch. Bitch, I will buy it right now. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> I want that Battle of Jakku. Yeah, of course you do. Have you seen that PS4 yet? Yeah, I saw the, it. The star- God, that's sexy, man. It's just uh, Vader on the side of it or whoever. Vader's sexy as fuck. <laughs> you just you slap Star Wars on it and you jizz all over uh, Like, I've been, like, trying to figure out how I'm going to get a PS4 for, like, the last year. And I've been, like, waiting on it because I'm like, eh, you know, I, I'm just, I don't have the time to play as much. You know, Arkham was kind of a disappointment. <laughs> at least that's what my friends were telling me. Um, Metal Gear Solid looks like it's going to be really cool, but I could just pick that up on PS3. The PS3 version actually looks just as good as the PS4 version. I'm not even shitting you. Just some minor differences. Like, if you look at the screenshots side by side, they look nearly identical to each other, which is also a testament to how powerful that PS3 freaking is. You're talking about uh, Metal Gear? Yeah, the brand new one, Phantom oh, Pain. Yeah, why would you even buy it? Yeah, why buy a new system? If it's but Battlefront is forcing me oh, yeah. to get... A fucking PS4 like just that's... borrow mine, bro. Don't go buy one. Ugh, okay, here's the I thing. I want that Vader one, man, with yeah. the red the red controller. And... Oh, oh, paint yours. Okay, anyway, and it comes with four free Star Wars games too. Well, that's worth four hundred dollars. It is. Anyway, so here's the thing, guys. Uh, we got to wrap this bitch up because I got somewhere to be. But thank you so much for watching. If you like our show, please check it out on one YouTube two iTunes, or three, RogueIntel.com, which is a podcast network we're part of, and they have a bunch of other cool shows. And we're going to put an ad to one of the shows at the end of this, so please listen and check it out. And if you like them, go check out RogueIntel.com. And uh, what else do you want to add, Corey? Um, Just again, please leave us your viewer questions, uh, some things you'd like us to talk about on the next shows. As Christian said, again, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us at YouTube.com. Uh, slash user slash Luffy Gear 9000. You guys can also find us 
at Rogue Intel. That's RogueIntel.com slash shows slash Nerdcast. Make sure to check us out there. You guys yeah, yeah. can also check us out on iTunes, which is really awesome, which means you can download the show for free. You can take us with you wherever on your phone. you go. On it's your amazing. Phone, yo. It'll make traffic a little less bitchy. Yeah, it you know makes life tolerable and everything's free, guys. That's that's really the way we like it. We want it to be free, and let's be honest, you wouldn't pay for it anyway. So uh, yeah, thank you, you so- <laughs> thank you guys. I'd so- pay for it uh, with my life and my time. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and until next time, the powerful nerdcast is out. Hey guys, it's Shane with Now That I'm Older. Check out the Pocket Dump podcast on RogueIntel.com. Pocket Dump is an up-close look at the world of the daily carry. Each week, Matt will interview somebody new and different, and they'll talk about the things that they have to carry every day and can't live without. Listen to the show if you're obsessed with knives, multi-tools, personal flashlights, knives again, screwdrivers, and any tool you can think of. Check out the Pocket Dump podcast on RogueIntel.com.